Well, you know, every now and then we at the square get a little philosophical, and you know, I think we've got a we've got an update, uh, a philosophy update about mm-hmm. someone in your life, Diamond Jim. Yeah, uh, uh, Ernest is in his uh, third year at Empire State College, and uh, he's turned into a, a French existentialist. Ernest the Pomeranian. Ernest the Pomeranian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's no longer Pomeranian. No, he's 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 existentialism. He's a uh, he's he's started to read entry level Sartre and. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's just chain-smoking cigarettes and wearing a beret. Yes. Uh, none of this is worth it. Uh, essence uh, you know, proceeds or it, it follows existence. Who let your dog get into the Samuel Beckett plays, Jim? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. He's just you know, like waiting for Godot, waiting, waiting for Ernest. <laughs> so this, this is very, <laughs> waiting for Purina. This is very <laughs> postmodernist, right? I mean, it's very post-World War II. Yeah, that. Right, yeah. It's, we, we've gotten to post-postmodernism by this point, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, so he's, he's got to come along a little well, bit. Well, it, it started off because Ernest likes to bark at anybody who walks by or rides a bike by. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, those people are strangers. Leave them alone. And he's like, stranger, a Camus. I would love to read this. <laughs> that explains why he wants to... That explains why I'm the only person he ever bit. Right. Because he would oh. kill an Arab. He oh, would no. He would kill an Arab. Oh, I'm no. the Arab that he would kill. Yeah. Yeah, Ernest, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> and welcome back <laughs> to, to the square the oh. the podcast of ernest the pomeranian the <laughs> little beret cigarette smoking right. we went there and that pretty much ended the cold open yeah right. yeah that's he's just he's just eating like rich cheeses now he's gonna get gout very soon um, thanks again, by the way, I was out last week, listener, if you listened last week, if not, uh, I'm here, I never left, but if you did, you heard our wonderful friends, MCAT, and of course, uh, the lovely Adrian, uh, mm-hmm. my girlfriend, my partner, happy, happy that she could fill in. I always enjoy, uh, listening to her and mm-hmm. of course, MCAT and you guys, we have Diamond Jim, Diamond Jim, we got Snake, and we got Re of the Square Podcast, that podcast that you sometimes listen to, that sometimes you feel like it's homework. You got to keep up with the local politics stuff, um, but it's not homework. It's it's playtime. These time. are the cliff notes. It's right. playtime. It's fun. Right. Yeah, we we read the news barely. Mm-hmm. We barely read the news, so that you don't have to. I learned how to read just for this podcast. I, I have s- I have Ernest read the news to me. <laughs> In between puffs of, like, he's got, like, a long cigarette holder. Yeah, and there's sad violin music playing in right. the background. Maybe piano music, mm-hmm. depending it's, on Yes, yeah, it's, it's always the day the clown died with Ernest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I have a new re- retainer device in. I went to my, my orthodontist. He put a new thing in. So if I sound, like, lispy or weird in a different way now, uh, that is why. So please, as always, bear you with me. sound great. Well, thank you. But I'm, I'm like, I, I feel like... Uh, that's how I hear myself in my head. So if you hear me like that, fuck you. But also, thank you for listening still. Anyway, boys, the uh, the old news machine keeps on cranking. It keeps on rolling. We keep on doing stuff. And we are still in Carl Country. Never left. Never left. Yep. We're that's still all mad as hell in Carl Country. Jim, I know you guys talked about it last week, but my God, I could not do the show without talking about, uh, you know, our, our big raccoon-eyed boy, Carl, <laughs> just taking it to Nick Baby Huey Langworthy. All right, can we just say he's a rabid raccoon right now? Oh man, he's he's, he's frothing. Our, our South Buffalo Sith Lord. Oh, 
Got definitely got a bad case of the mange too. Fellas, <laughs> fellas, what do we think? I mean, it's another weekend. We're getting closer to this primary. It's not looking good for Nick Langworthy, guys. No, I mean, like you know, some polls put put them two in a dead heat, though, right? Well, I mean, That's what I've been reading. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I trust those polls. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess like I with the clerk's race with the, the Democratic primary a couple weeks out, I started to get like feelings like you know, I see a lot of work from Mickey. Uh, he's he's got to be very nervous. Like he's he's putting a lot more effort into this than I thought he would, and. You know, I'm seeing more positive reactions to the Missy Hartman stuff. I started to feel like, you know, maybe, maybe Hartman's going to pull this off. I don't feel that way at all for Langworthy. I mean, you know, like an example, like I, I you know, live in Lancaster. I was driving by Joseph's Catering in Depew. And like early in the week, they had signs for Langworthy like every 50 feet. And Joseph's is like, that family is big time Republican donors. They don't advertise it a lot because anybody uses catering. Democrats use catering services too. Uh, to paraphrase Michael Jordan. And, uh, but then, like, two days later, I drove by, and every one of those fucking signs was down. And, like, again, like, I agree with you. Like, the sign primary isn't, like, super important, but, like, the Carl voters are heavily motivated. It's just like Trump voters. Like, they really want to get out. The Langworthy voters are, like, party loyalists who, like, they will do it if there's nothing else that happens on Election Day. Like, if there's nothing more pressing. Like if they're like if a brand new Toby Keith album comes out, like they might miss the election. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, Langworthy's lane here is that he's supposed to be. I mean, insofar as you can have a sensible Republican in 2022, he's like the. I'm his whole campaign is I'm the stop Biden candidate. I will be the one to in uh, New York 23 stop Biden. I, I don't know how he's going to do that, but he's going to do it. Right. He's going to be the stop Biden candidate, even though Carl's out there promising to impeach Biden. Yes. Yes. So Nick Langworthy will stop Biden. Carl will, you know, have Biden drawn and quartered. Right. Um, but like Nick, his that he's he's, he, you know, maybe 20 years ago, he would have probably cruised to victory over a guy like Carl in today's landscape. He and this is this is my thing about his campaign that if I were in you know Langworthy world, what I think I'd be hammering that I think they're not doing, and take my opinion for whatever it's worth. But he should underscore how incompetent Carl is. Uh, he should really, and I mean this in the sense of like, okay, Carl is a buffoon. Like Carl is sending f- like mass forwarding racist emails of Michelle Obama as a chimp, and like uh, like all these things. Like you should say. Okay, yes, I'm just as racist as Carl, but he just doesn't do it as well. Well, I was, uh, uh, my parents, because my, uh, my, uh, my, at least my father is still a registered Republican, got a Carl Maller this week. Also got what I would say is an anti-Carl Maller. It's not a Lang, it is by, from Langworthy's campaign, but it's about like how shitty Carl is. But Langworthy's problem is that nobody knows who the fuck he is unless you pay attention to Inside Baseball. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done the like get to know you piece, like the introductory fluff pieces where like, hi, hey, I'm Nick Langworthy and, you know, here's my pretty wife and my kids and, you know, like maybe not even include a picture of himself, just include his family if he really wants people to think good of him. Um, and then, you know, and like he, I grew up in like the small town and I made good and, you know, I went, I went to Niagara University on scholarship because like around here, people think that's a good school and like they would be happy to have their kids go on scholarship there, like play that kind of shit up. So people have like any feeling about you whatsoever, like the rank and file like voters, not like the rank and file committee members. 
Like the committee members are important, but like there's a lot of them and there are certain committees that are like very pro Carl. And so like, you know, when we had uh, Heidi Jones on and she was talking about like the Orticellis, well, like they're like fiercely in the Carl camp right now. And they're actually like attacking and like, like doxing sort of like the people who are helping Langworthy inside the Republican party. Like this is the type of stuff that like normally, like if you had this big of a fissure inside a party, they would split, but the Republic, like the Republican mainstream just love the taste of boots so much that even as they're getting kicked, they're like, yes, please give me some more. We're conspiratorially minded folks here, Jim. Um, I know that Langworthy is, you know, he's attacking Carl, but not attacking Carl. Not really. He's definitely not pulling out all the stops. What are your thoughts? Is there somebody in in the Republican party maybe saying to Nick, like, Hey, you know, if you kind of pull back a little bit, Carl have this race, you, you have something lined up. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to game this out for Nick Langworthy because has, to my knowledge, what has he run for in the past? Nothing. So this is his first election as himself as a candidate. Correct. Okay. So it could be some, He's run plenty of elections. He was the head uh, of the, or still is the head of the New York State Republican Party. Right. So he's no stranger to elections, but this is his first election. Um, So I wonder, is it naivete? Is it, you know, being a little green? Or do you think like the Republican Party might have said, hey, back off a little bit. We have some, you know, log rolling here. We can offer you something. Well, um, honestly, I think part of it is that like Nick's very good at the like, uh, building uh, unity in the in the group and and leading the the party and and connecting the dots and, and building to make the party stronger, campaigning, leading campaigns, running campaigns has never been a strong part. At one point, when he was chief of staff for Tom Reynolds, the Reynolds campaign was almost losing to Jack Davis and it was going south. And to my, if I remember correctly, they had to call Chris Nosby, the former uh, chief of staff back to come and basically take the campaign out of Nick's hands and re- and write the ship and run it for Reynolds. Nick hasn't really, he hasn't run tough campaigns for the most part. I mean, you know, we give Zellner a lot of shit, but like the county Republicans... And we'll continue to give Zellner right, shit, by the way. But, but the Republicans under uh, Langworthy's leadership... They weren't all stars either. They didn't do. They they weren't winning a lot of races that they could have won. And when they were, it wasn't like Langworthy was like this great strategic genius where he was running the campaigns. He was handing off the running the campaigns often to people like Big Dog. I'm pretty sure like the anti Carl banner that I got was done by Chris Grant. Like I, I you know we'll, when we see the FEC filings, I wouldn't be surprised to see Big Dog Strategies got some money for it. Let's not forget the most important part of this campaign. You know, it's continuing the the recent tradition of of have, having a name for your opponent, a funny name for your opponent. And in, in, in this particular race, we've got Cowardly Carl, mm-hmm. and we've got Lion Langworthy. On a scale of 1 to 10, let's let's rate both of these. Cowardly Carl. Well, that sounds like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It's like yeah, a 4. Yeah. Right. I think I'd give it a 4, yes. Lion Langworthy, I think Lion's been done. Mm-hmm. I'd also give that under 5. Right. Maybe a 4, I, four I, and a half. I like it as like a six or seven. I mean, okay, okay. It's just because lion is so funny to me. Like calling somebody lion, whatever, is very funny to <laughs> if me. If your name starts with L, you're you're lion automatically, right? Right, and it's more of like the cadence of Trump. Yeah, to me, whereas cowardly Carl, like I don't, I don't think it's it, too but, many syllables, right? right. It's uh, right. it's too I, big a word. So I will say, I think that like one of the things with Langworthy is, I think this wasn't the race that he wanted to run in. I think he felt probably got felt like he got forced into it because look, look, Zeldin's going to get fucking thumped in November, mm-hmm. and he's he's not running a real race against Schumer. 
You know, they're not they're not running a real con- controllers race for the the state. So like he's all his chips are in on Zeldin. Once he gets thumped, how long can he stay on his state Republican chair if he can't produce any victories? Not very long. So like this was like he thought hopefully like his out and they could force and get Carl to to step out, which in the past the Republicans usually would like be able to force somebody out. But you know, the far right or the further right segment of the the party has been emboldened, you know, going all the way back to like Cantor losing his primary that like now they, they don't feel like they need to step out. They feel like they can win and they keep winning. So like, it, I, I guess they're right. I'll laying where these chips are in. Uh, yeah. I mean, and so like, they're in, but like, again, like, so I mentioned like, you know, like the far right mon- monsters in, in West New York, like they're beating up Langworthy for endorsing George Pataki. First Langworthy was in college. He was like the college Republican president. L- Pataki was the two-term incumbent Republican. He's yes. also the last Republican to win the governor's race. Yes. And they're beating him up because Pataki was pro-choice, which is, again, like, I mean, like if you forget or, you're like, you're too young to think, think about, like, the last Republican governor we had, who was, it was, like, you know, 20 years ago, was pro-choice at that time as a Republican. That's, like, he wouldn't get out of fucking Putnam County now mm-hmm. as a pro-choice Republican. Yeah, and they're but they're using that to attack Langworthy, and so like he's been on the back foot a lot too. Well, I mean, on the one hand, like you can look at this race and say, all right, this is clearly a folly to be Nick Langworthy, Mister not centrist Republican, but certainly projected as the image of a centrist Republican against Carl Paladino, who is like the proto Trump. You know, right. he's he was Trump before yeah. we understood Trump to be what he is. He was really the playbook. Um, however. I'll, I'll say this, like, I think in a lot of ways, Nick Langworthy's uh, back was going to be against the wall, metaphorically, uh, to your point, Jim, because look, Zeldin is going to get thumped. Schumer is going to roll. Uh, the Republican establishment in New York, they're starting to froth at the mouth. They're not satisfied with uh, being, you know, basically like just the the whipping boy of the Democrats in New York anymore. Well, and, and also, like, you know, with redistricting, like, they're probably going to lose, like, one or two seats in the Congress, too, that the Republicans currently hold. It's not as bad as it would have been if the other map that had been drawn had held up, but, like, they're probably going to lose one or two seats, you know? And so, like, it's going to be, while, like, I still think probably nationally the Republicans are going to do well, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a good year in New York. It's very rarely a good year in New York for Republicans anymore. Right. I mean, the trade-off for New York Republicans always been, okay, you're going to lose the governor's seat uh, almost always. You're, you know, going to lose, you're going to have some seats in Congress, but the legislature, the Senate or whatever, it's going to be pretty tight. You're going to raise a fuck ton of money from Wall Street. Um, You know, you're not going to have as much power in New York State itself, but you can raise money and you'd have national prominence. They're not satisfied with that anymore. Right. It, it, well, but because the Senate's not tight anymore. State Senate's, the, the state Senate's not tight anymore. Yep. So there's, they really have no power other than like the Court of Appeals, which is disappearing. They can raise a bunch of money, but like, you know, so now they're just like a stop, like a, a stopover, like somebody like DeSantis stops in like, you know, New York City or maybe Buffalo because he's doing a favor to Carl or Langworthy. Um, but the, right now they're all avoiding it because they want to get in a fight. But like, you know, like I said, mom and dad are fighting. Please make them stop. Mm-hmm. They stop in to raise money. It's kind of like, you know, like the, the way that they, they stop into like, you know, fucking Nevada because it's an early caucus. Like they show up and they pretend like they care, but they don't give a shit. Like they're only there to get the checks out of New York City and to get out because they know that they're not going to win those any anything 
at the national level. But even though, like, you know, there is so much local level that has been built here. I mean, like, you had, like, you know, like the Cook brothers, like, investing money in, like, school board races in Clarence. Like, yeah, the Clarence, uh, right. Right. So, like, you know, like, they, they, they were trying to build a base here, but, like, it's just, it's gone too far. Their, their, their biggest victory the last couple of years was Byron Brown. Yep. Oof. A Democrat in a right-in election. <laughs> right. Well, we will, of course, uh, when, when is the uh, primary vote? August? Uh, August 23rd or something. Something, like that. whatever. It's, it's, it's end of this month. We will, uh, of course, have our eyes yeah, and ears 23rd. Yeah. glued to the screen as the results roll in, um, which is a few weeks from now. So stay tuned. In other election news, uh, just to get the, the election vegetables out of the way here, Jim, uh, Senator Ben. Yeah. Still kicking, baby. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've only seen one yard sign for him. Now, I don't spend a lot of time in, like, the west side where, you know, his, quote, base is. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've only seen one sign for him on uh, Garrison Road in Williamsville. Uh, the person also has an address sign, so they're a little confused as to who they're voting for for state senate. That right? Like, I guess I guess if... if Carlisle wins the Democratic primary. That person's happy no matter who wins the uh, November race. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a Carl sign and a Stephen Sam sign, so they're not sure which congressional district they're in. They just like them all. They just they, they, well, they they, they, they like anybody who's going to ruin the day for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I live in the West Side. I see uh, the one street where I assume uh, Mayor Ben lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't dox him or whatever, but I just assume that he lives there. I, and I've seen him walking around shirtless, holding a cat actually the other day. <laughs> uh, I've seen Ben. Oh, what's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing, but he was walking around the block. Oh, like he was like, not just in front of his own home that I presume that he was, the cat was taking him for a walk. The cat was taking Ben for a walk. Yes. So he's got signs up in front of his house. Um, but otherwise, no, I don't see any. And you know, uh, uh, Sean Ryan's got to take it somewhat seriously, I suppose. But uh, Mayor Ben, send Ben. You know, he's just the he's our local crank, guys. He's our he's our guy that just runs for stuff just to be a thorn in the side, the fly in the ointment. Well, and and, and he's effective at getting. Like we're going to talk about Eddie Egro too, who's who's another crank who just runs all the time. But he doesn't. He's not always effective at getting on the ballot. Ben is two for two for getting on the ballot. He gets his petitions in, you know, he, he's got his base of people somehow, some right. way. Um, and so like, you know, so he's got a couple of fundraisers coming up, uh, that he's been advertising. One of which is like $30 for like four hours of like top bar, top shelf. Open Where, where's bar. this at the cowboy or something like that? Soho, Chip, Chip, I think. Oh, Soho. Soho yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, I mean, and like Soho, like good, like for you, cash whatever checks you can get. And like as we talked about on the campaign finance, like the mayor doesn't pay all of his bills. Like hopefully, Carlisle pays this bill. Um, so do you think? I hope I don't think that they're donating anything to him. Do you think that you could consume thirty dollars worth of liquor in that time frame yeah, easily? It, it, yes. I, I could consume in the first thirty minutes. It's liquor, <laughs> it's liquor and food, by the way. Oh well, I mean this is a steal. It might be a deal, right? Well, especially like might what, be worth it. What what if we bring our own takeout tins with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a burger to go, please. That's Thanks, Ben. Right, I like I I like I like two burgers to go and six uh, six shots of Patron. Now, let me ask you this: Does does Sen Ben know that it's a special boy's birthday that day, and he's and he's actually throwing a birthday party? I mean, we can find out. We can find out. Mm-hmm. There's there's only one way to find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean I I. I 
I'm very excited to see how this goes for him if he makes any money. Like, I can't wait to look at the campaign finance after this because, like, that special boy being Diamond Jim. Diamond, yeah. Top shelf open bar, like, they probably will give him a package deal, but it's very expensive. And if he's just going to pay by the drink, there are going to be people who are going to blow him out and he's going to lose money on this fundraiser, mm-hmm. which, which reminds, like, you know, back in the when he first started working in politics, Chris Grant, the very first fundraiser he ever ran for Elise Cusack, lost money. It's it's the old loss leader. You know, you gotta right. you gotta spend money to make money. Right, right. Uh, gotta yeah, prime the pump yeah, a little bit. Right. I mean, sure. is, I mean, maybe like and like this isn't the worst uh, use of money for Ben. That's what the it, credit card companies it, tell me. It, <laughs> if he figures that like maybe he'll break even or lose a little bit of money, but he gets four hours of hanging his signs up at the corner of. Chippewa on Franklin and get some uh, like name recognition out of it. That's actually that's it, it's cheaper than a TV commercial and it might be more effective for him. And we are talking about him I mean, uh, for yeah. whatever it's worth. We right. are talking now, about him. That said, just like I said about like the the guy running against Conrad, hanging up signs and handing out literature where pe- places where people are binge drinking, not the best use of your materials. Not not something where people are going to pick it up that much. While like getting those signs out and like advertising on on Chippewa, first of all. People who go on Chippewa like don't necessarily live in the district, and almost invariably they don't live in that district. Uh, they're they're coming from outside, from the suburbs. And second, like like I said, you know, like people who are showing up to the cowboy on Thursday to binge drink aren't going to be able to like, yeah. Also, I can't wait to vote for that guy who was hanging out across the street. Oh <laughs> uh, well, moving on to uh, the city here, guys, and you know, you mentioned earlier, Jim, about Mayor Byron Brown's election. Mm-hmm. And he won, of course, but there, um, you know, there, there could have been some violations of a, a little law right. called the Hatch Act. Which we covered. Mm-hmm. We did talk time. about it. Right. We, we talked, talked about, about it. it. Yeah. Oh, we talked about it. At Car 54 showed up. We talked. The Hatch Act police have finally, they've arrived. We, we called them a year ago mm-hmm. and they finally showed up. And now they're they're writing tickets, right? Well, they haven't written any tickets yet. They're gonna write tickets. They're, they're, they're getting their ticket book. <laughs> we actually sell them, send them a telegram. You know, right? Is a little slower these days, right? That's they're, they're just showing up just the facts, ma'am. Yeah. And if they write any tickets, it's going to be to Ben Carlisle's fundraiser on the eleventh. That's right. Um, no, uh, I mean, like, yeah, they're showing up and like they're doing some investigating. Uh, I think one, it was such a high profile um, like abuse of the Hatch Act that like they kind of had to do like a little bit, and they're going to do the least that they have to do. As a reminder for the listeners, the Hatch Act basically it was that public employees mm-hmm. cannot be openly political while working. Right? They, you can't you can't campaign. You yep. can't you can't like, and you can't be like in your official capacity be in like political advertisements. So like you can't be like, I don't know, a Buffalo police officer and be in like a campaign ad mm-hmm. as a Buffalo police officer. I think I remember that happening. Oh actually. yeah. 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 Y- you can't be on like your beat as a local police officer and be at somebody else's political event saying you shouldn't vote for that person. Right. Yeah. Which may or may not have happened. Right. That's why you like when you, if you do see somebody, it's always like former police officer endorsing, because like they can get away with it, like as opposed to like you know, current a district captain supports ex candidate, um, and then they also had issues like you know, it, like we we talked about with Jeff, you know, a couple of times where they couldn't answer if people who were doing work on the mayor's campaign were doing it in like their personal time or in their professional capacity, and because like they were sending out emails 
like on like regarding the campaign during like regular work hours and they're like they couldn't provide documentation that they had taken like personal time or taken time off from their official capacity to act in this uh, political capacity so uh i mean i don't expect much to come out of it uh just kind of like you know like when we two weeks ago when we talked with jeff about the campaign finance stuff eventually like sandy magnano and and ulysses wingo did file but they were late i don't expect anything like they're they're not going to do anything about it it's I, I don't expect much to happen with this this hatch act stuff. The only way anything would happen with it is if Byron was alienating the Republicans now after they helped him, mm-hmm. and if they after November took back the took back Congress and they were mad at him personally, then they I could see them fucking with him, but and them sending the hatch act police in just to fuck with him just because like they were mad at him. But as we saw from our friend Stephen Mahilo, Steve, <laughs> uh, they're not mad at him yet. No, no. In, in fact, our boy Stefan has been very much embracing Mayor Byron Brown, going so far as saying, oh. you know, th- thank God that Byron Brown won yeah. the mayoral election as as he uh, beats back against the socialist threat in the city of Buffalo oh. vis-a-vis redistricting. Right. So Stefan Mahilu uh, is very much against our city action Buffalo. Do, do right wing uh, chuds like S- Stephen uh, use socialist and democratic interchangeably? Uh, most certainly, yes. Yeah. Socialist, democratic, communist. Yeah. I mean, really, you could just you know groomer, groomer. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, in all fairness, you know, a lot of people use Republican and fascist interchangeably. Which fair enough, yeah, but which fair enough, <laughs> but as as we saw with DeSantis this week, fair enough, fair, fair enough. enough. But you know the game's a game on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, very much against the city of Buffalo uh, redistricting plan put forward by our city action Buffalo, which of course, yeah, moot point nowadays because uh, the city council just said we're gonna do it our way anyway. We're not even gonna entertain you people. Of course, we are still waiting with bated breath for any kind of court trial to come from the maps. We've talked too much about the maps. We're not going to talk about the maps today. But Stefan Mahailu is uh, against the maps, unsurprisingly. Right. No, he said, uh, uh, you know, thank God that the mayor won over India because, um, you know, as far as he's concerned, like the our city action, their proposed districts are just because they want to elect socialists. As we've talked about before, clearly if you look at the districts, they're they're not like, pro-socialist districts they're like they don't they didn't make like a super left-leaning district uh, that already existed it's called niagara they're not doing that but it, it's interesting to me and, and i would like to know from like the common council you know like you know so, especially some of the members who might consider themselves more left or more liberal uh how they feel that like they're in lockstep with stuff on on this issue well wouldn't that be interesting to ask some of our esteemed council members in the city of buffalo maybe we will one day who's to say yep. Moving on, moving on away from the political and more towards the, uh, I don't know, just the, the city and its operations here, Jim. Right. Tell me about the school buses. Oh, so this and was the a... people they can't get to drive them. This is a story that came out uh, in the Buffalo News today. We're recording on Sunday. Um, that uh, that the Buffalo City, uh, City Buffalo School District is about 100 drivers short for buses for the upcoming year. So they're looking at a plan potentially to offer mileage reimbursement for parents to drive their cars, to drive their children to school. Okay. Uh, I mean, 
I don't know what you know about the city of Buffalo, but there's a lot of people without vehicles. Like they, there's a lot of people who like use the NFTA transportation to, for kids who get to school, especially like high school students. As somebody who used to take the bus regularly, I would often see high school students, uh, especially you know, getting off at you know McKinley or you know get, uh, getting off at uh, Hutch Tech. I would see the kids transferring at like Best to get over to City Honors. Um, so like you know, kids are especially the high school kids are definitely taking. Uh, public transportation anyways and then like so it's elementary school students they're saying that like they think that like well this will save them so they won't have to run as many bus routes <laughs> what is the what is the likelihood that all the parents who can actually drive their kids to school who actually a have the work flexibility to drive their kids to school and pick them up because school famously is not built around the nine to five schedule yeah. and then also like have vehicles and, and can drive multiple children possibly to multiple schools what are the odds that like that's going to happen, and all those kids are going to get there, and that it's also going to be in such a, a nice, clean way that they can cut bus routes? You know, it's just amazing to me that after two plus pandemic years of forcing parents to have to deal with virtual learning, which you know is a necessity. Obviously, we have a fucking pandemic, whatever. But I'm just saying, it was a massive headache and inconvenience for parents to have their children be at home, trying to learn in a virtual environment. And it's just another fucking, like, it's just a giant fuck you to these people where it's like, well, we're not even going to, now your kids can go back to school, but we're not going to bust them to school. We can't, we refuse to pony up to get the drivers. We refuse to find the workforce to do it. Well, well so you got to figure some shit out yourself. The bus, the bus companies are privatized, right? It's not under the control of the, right, right. the city and, schools and, anymore. Right. And, and the other thing is like, you know, look, anything that like, is like this low wages with, with unemployment at like fucking like 3%, like you're going to have a tough time finding yeah. this position. It's like, I don't necessarily blame the school district for like not being able to find the position. Like, because like they probably set this budget like four years ago for what they were going to pay bus drivers and didn't realize that like a million people were going to die in a pandemic and that unemployment would get <laughs> and, so low. And mass retirement. Right. Uh, so like, it, cause it's, it's not just the city of Buffalo. Like this is happening across the country where schools are like, and, and in the suburban district around here too, like they're talking about paying people to drive their kids to school, but like the suburban districts, those people own cars. They're going to get their kids to school right in the city of Buffalo. Like they're just fucked. And so like the, the superintendent said like to the Buffalo news, like it's not going to be chaos. It is going to be it's chaos. Gonna be chaos. Yes. It's 100% going to be chaos. chaos yeah. It's going to be insanely fucking bad. Um, and you're going to have like even worse attendance rates than you currently have in the city of Buffalo. Like, and you're going to have people who, by the way, also are going to figure out a way to scam it by like signing up to be like an Uber driver and getting paid to Uber, mm -hmm. but also get the 58 and a half cents per mile mileage reimbursement for driving kids to school too. Mm -hmm. And, like, and I'll, I'll see them every day when I'm outside Kenesha selling cigarettes. That's right. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks for the parents, sucks for the kids. Right. I mean, it's, it's you know, the city of Buffalo School District famously not doing great as it is. Um, and it's, this is not going to help because it is going to affect attendance. And it's just going to feed in to, like, the right-wing shitheads who want to have even more charter schools. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, oh, because we're spending so much on the union who hasn't got a new contract in a million fucking years. Have you two seen the stories about the, the sheriffs crying that they can't hire new sheriffs? Have you seen this? No. A little bit. Kind of along the same lines, right? Only I wish more people would go be bus drivers. Yeah. How, do you think this caused some type of paradigm shift within uh, local police forces, their inability to recruit new officers? It's tough to say. I mean, it's, you know, it's such, uh, the thing is, the thing is, like jobs like um, bus driver are not known for this, but police or sheriffs typically are one of the few avenues that you know lower middle class right. people have aside from the military 
to be upwardly mobile and to, you know, for whatever it's worth to you. I know we don't view it this way in 2022, but historically, like be part of your community, like have a sense of pride. You're a public servant. You know, you keep your community safe, yada, yada. Um, the thing is today, like they're, you're right, Jim, like unemployment being what it is, they do not have to, or I'm sorry, like the police forces and the sheriffs, they have to fight against a lot of other employers now that they maybe wouldn't have had to in the past mm-hmm. to recruit people. Um, people just aren't like the economy sucks, but people aren't as desperate. Does that make sense? Well, it's because cause like the economy sucks only in like, oh, in, like inflation's high. But like if you look at like every other metric, the economy is fucking cooking. Like the economy is doing fucking gangbusters by most metrics it like it, most economists are like like when they, like people are here like oh it's a recession like i follow a lot of economists on twitter and they're like you have no idea what the definition of a recession is if you think we're currently in a recession like we have an overheated economy if anything right. because we have crazy low in unemployment and crazy high inflation right like it's like what we what we really need is actually like we need to hit the brakes somehow right like, so, like, it, I mean, it, it is, like, one of these crazy situations. And so, like, it, but when you have a situation like this, yeah, like, like, low-paying entry-level positions where, like, that where people aren't treated very well or, or any combination of those things or all those things, if, say, if you're a public school bus driver, especially now that it's been privatized. Right. You know, because at least not, you're like, now you're not even, like, a chance to, like, get into, like, the blue-collar union. Yeah, I mean, and that's just what it is, right? Like, so... It, it all kind of goes downstream where you're talking about like these low paying blue collar jobs are struggling to get people at the wages that they make. So then that stream of people then isn't looking for a job like uh, police or sheriff, you know, because mm-hmm. they're not you're not somebody you don't have as many people working for minimum wage who are like, I need a better job than minimum wage. So I will go into the police force instead. Eh, you have a lot more people who are in better paying jobs. So they just skip the desperation portion of right or or they're the cycle in, here they're in minimum wage jobs but a lot of the minimum wage jobs are run by like multinational corporations now like the vast majority of them and so like they've had to raise wages across the board just to stay competitive so now like you don't feel the impetus to switch jobs because your job just gave you a big raise yep and you already know this shitty job why should i take a, a new unknown shitty job for the same amount of money or bar- like just barely any more than it yeah, like if you like are making like sixteen dollars an hour or sixteen fifty at Tim Hortons, yes, it sucks. But at least like you don't have kids like throwing shit at you and like and like you have to drive a bus. Yeah, and also like if you work Tim Hortons, like yeah, they might fuck around and move your shift so you're like you're not working the same consistent like six to eight hours every single day. But at least it's not your shift isn't like two and a half hours, three hours in the morning, and then another two and a half, three hours in the afternoon. And you can do, you, you don't have enough time in between to have another job that you can work part-time. So you just do fuck all for the rest of the day. Yeah. And that's uh, that's economy talk here. Yeah. That's, you know, join me later with Thomas Piketty. <laughs> and Ernest, the French, oh, the, I get oh, the entire French right. congregation. There you go. That's right. That's right. Talk to me about the bike lanes, guys, and the street painting. Because you talked oh. a little bit last week uh, we, we have a little bit of a correction. A little mea culpa, yeah. It's, it, we made fun of the, the city for the wavy lines down Forest Ave with the new bike lanes, and it, uh, and it wasn't their fault. Yeah, it turns out it was just uh, Kevin Heffernan with a paintbrush out there doing it one line at a time. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was Go Bike. who It was, it was go, go Bike. Why, why, and why they're painting the lanes in the first place and not the city, I don't know, but... Well, no. they, they it sounds I, like it's going to be fixed, right? It's not, yeah, it sounds it sounds like like you know, the city was like, look, you guys can as like a test 
put bike lanes in. So that also answers why, like, it's not all a forest. Like, that was my question. Why didn't it go from, like, at least, like, Richmond yeah. uh, to Niagara? It's it's a, for an experiment, fine, right? Right, yes. Yeah, sure. They're doing an experiment. Uh, but, like, basically the city was like, you guys can do this, but, like, we're not going to devote any, like, man hours to it. Yeah, Which, okay. by the way, like, painting, like, streets and that stuff, that's probably also a violation of city, uh, state law. Yeah. Because, you know, those are... Uh, government positions so right. you're not allowed to right. do like government work at a volunteer rate you're you have to be paid to do it uh so um i'm sure that like, that's not a big deal but i'm sure like you know that that is more likely to actually get punished than the hatch act violations mm-hmm. absolutely uh, especially because it's dpw workers like if it was like if you were volunteering to be like a, a social worker the police would be like well we're not enforcing that but like dpw like they view as like kind of akin to them like oh well they're also blue collar rough and tumble guys yeah, uh, but so yeah, so the the messed up fucking lanes on Forest, it was because like they didn't have the machines to paint them. It wasn't because the machines were like Bender yeah, yeah, and were right. stone cold sober. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. well that's good to know. I'm glad we cleared that up for yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah, we have made our culpas. We're going to the fair, or we're not going to the fair. I'm uh, not going to the fair. We're 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 kind of anti-fair on this podcast, right? We're not going to the fair. We're not big fair people. No. Not to judge anyone who enjoys going to the fair. I will. Fuck it. <laughs> You're all oh, terrible oh. people. If You know what? Hot take. If you like going to the fair, you are a trash, garbage person. Oh. I, I, I look down. I'm not, I, I'm not saying. I look down on you. No, whatever. Go to the fair. It's fine. It sucks, but it's fine. You do your... You don't You, you don't do want to go and eat, eat a, like a 3,000 calorie no. blooming onion so, and a no. fried Oreo. That part sounds cool, except you're yeah. doing it in 90 degree weather. Well, it's on a bunch of pavement with no shade. You're right. cooking. Yes, you're surrounded by like... So go in the twilight and the dusk. That's well, the best time to go. You're, well, That's when the magic happens. Twilight. You might as well be in the fucking twilight zone with some of the people oh. you see come out of the woodwork who oh. show up at the fair. It is... That's, you're so, starting to sound classist, Well, Reed. maybe I am. Maybe here's my heel turn. We've been we've been teasing it for a long time. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. We've been... We, yeah, that's right. The, the fucking creatures from the Black Lagoon that just show up. <laughs> At the goddamn county fair, that, that's black. That's the South Buffalo. The black <laughs> Maybe it's not so classic because it is expensive to go to the fair, right? Yes, right, it's right. fucking expensive. Right, it's, I, I have to drive a lot of kids to school to get the to, for mileage checks in order to pay to go to the fair. Right. How many did you drive to the fair? Well, no, I just I just drive them to Canisius, and I go. Oh. There's a guy selling cigarettes here. This is you. You should pull your money. Oh, right. Right. So these honky tonk cosplayers just show up like shirtless and like look disgusting and probably clear yeah. 120 grand a year, um, just buying all the worst fair garbage. It's look. It's fine if you really like the fair. There's some cool stuff, I guess, but it's just not for me. But, yeah, the, the the cool part of the fair is like the like the like four H like animal tent and like animals the, right like that that part is cool like yeah. the, but this like very few people are like yeah I can't wait to go see like the pig races which is my favorite part uh, if I do go to the fair you which, you fuckers don't like a good demolition derby I do like a good demolition okay, derby right. but like, okay. the demolition derby happens once and the fair is for like fucking like three weeks well not the Erie County Fair they they've got a lot of concerts going on it's all garbage all garbage uh, concerts all right but. Uh, I, 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 the, the, the problem with the fair is some, like, some of them are bearable. Right, okay. I, I, the, the fair used to have like, and they, and they fairly unique things that you can only get the fair. There are certain fried foods you can only get the fair, but like, like for my father, like his nostalgia is like the county fair used to be the only place you could get like Dr. Pepper as like a fountain soda. Mm. For a long time. Really? Because like, like if you went to like a bar or a restaurant, they had 
Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, and a 7-Up, and that was it. They only had three taps. If you wanted a Fountain Dr. Pepper, like, the county fair was the, the only place you could get it. Well, I know you can go. That's the only place to get, like, birch beer. Right. Well, right? That's still a thing at the fair that you, you can't can still get, get No, you can get birch beer at the store, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you can you can get it at the store, and you can get, like, because, like, Johnny Ryan makes a birch beer, which is oh. pretty good. But it's not the same. It's not Fountain. Well, I would actually wonder. Uh, Sizzles uh, famously serves Johnny Ryan sodas. I wonder if they get oh, the birch beer. Shit. Ooh. Okay. Um, All right. So, but like, like yeah, it's it is it's overpriced. It's hot. It's it's too many people in an area, uh, and it's I don't know. Like, you don't want to play the roll the dice game and or the I got it. You don't tell me. You don't think I got it is fun. Wow. Come I got, on. I got it is fun. Yeah, right. But, so th- that's like a reason to go, right? But the other the other thing is like, I guess I I, I also like I, guess. I am not a, a person like I've grown into this a fan of like getting on rides that are like set up temporarily. Oh, oh, those yeah, those are I wouldn't recommend trap. doing those that. are a death right. trap. No, definitely put your kids on those, right? But don't go on them yourself. Don't right. take the risk. Right, that way you don't have to take them to school. Yeah, <laughs> that's two problems solved. Right, there. <laughs> right yeah. <it's> just, <laughs> Uh, Especially you live in the city of Buffalo. I mean, you right. know. Uh, I mean, you know, like I want to support Hamburg generally, and so that the fair is way to so support Hamburg. Yeah. Um, but I probably won't go to the fair. Well, we're going to support Hamburg. Hey, listen, the county fair is probably doing a lot more to support Hamburg than Amazon is currently. Oh gym. my God, you're right. You know, uh, as you may or may not remember, the uh, the fine folks of Hamburg decided to give Jeff Bezos and his buddies at Amazon. A massive, massive tax break to the tune of six point nine million dollars. Well, he At, needed it. He's hurting. Yeah, it's, he needs some walking around money. Poor Jeff. Times are tough. Right. You know, he got turned. Did you see? They, he got his, his. Was it? It was him, right? His yacht got turned away at like some. Dutch port recently. Yeah, it was him. They wouldn't tear down the bridge just for him. It was like a historic bridge. They and refused to. Honestly, turn it down. how dare they? Right. Yeah. Right, don't they know that rich people are the most important people in the world? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The fine folks in Amazon, and and believe me, they're wonderful people, just incredible, incredible company, incredible organization, top to bottom. By the way, no, I, I wanted to say one more thing about that. Aren't billionaires supposed to be the smartest of, of us? He right. didn't consider having to drive past a bridge that his fucking yacht wouldn't fit under. Well, he, no, he considered it, and his consideration was <laughs> take the bridge down. <laughs> oh, well, fuck him. Yeah. Well, what they didn't consider is that, um, you know, the planned Amazon. So this is from uh, Ron Plants at, at Ron WGRZ on Twitter. Um, Hamburg building inspectors confirm planned Amazon distribution center on Bayview Road is now just empty 183,000 square foot structure. Hamburg IDA now says developer Amazon is lessee has until March 2024 to hire 100 staffers to keep 6.9 million dollars in tax breaks he follows it up by saying hamburg officials again again expect warehouse to open for holiday shopping season in november but no response from amazon we got a warehouse in hamburg they got no employees. They got Sounds nothing. Pretty empty. You know what they can do? They can store paint so they can paint the tower like a hamburger there. Yes. Yeah, uh, actually, great. you know, maybe, maybe they could get the they could get the mayor to store some files there for like a couple million dollars a year. That'd be another great idea for right. that place. Randy Hoke, if you're listening, and I know you are, eminent domain, 
the Amazon warehouse at it as part of the fair. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem with the fair, it's so hot. Right. Oh, in an indoor air-conditioned fair would be right. great. Yeah. Yes. Pinball machines. Just and also, nothing but pinball machines. maybe, Randy, if you can, carve out a space for a podcast studio. Right. In the oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That'd be we wonderful. could podcast directly from the fair. Yeah, that'd be right. great. That actually it, kind of sounds like my right, yeah. take some of that. Take got some a of GoPro the, now. Take some of that Amazon cash, and we'll all take vacations for the two weeks that the fair runs, and we'll podcast live from the fair every single day. Uh, off of the Hamburg money, I love that. We like we don't even take need the full like six point nine million. We'll take like six point three. We'd go at that point. We'd go like a full YouTube studio. And, yeah, yeah. We'd strap you know. GoPros to our head. Right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, it's Ernest smoking cigarettes in the corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'd have to go around with a microphone, I think, and talk to people. Right. Talk to them about you know. Right. The, it's, it's, the, the food that they're eating. And, right. Uh, yeah. That's we could interview the winner of the pig races. Oh, I'd love that. I do not want to talk to the people at the fair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but you know who I'd love to talk to? If, you would uh, for enough money. I, for enough money, maybe. But you know who I'd love to talk to, Jim? Yes. I would love to talk to the Newfane cow smuggler. Oh, the, the, <laughs> the two gentle cows of Newfane. This, oh, these poor cows, they're in the middle of a, a, a very dramatic situation. Yeah. Yes. So, listener, if you are not hip to the story, boy, howdy, this is a, a humdinger. Right. So, Newfane famously has a, a slaughterhouse out there for cows, right? Right, and but also an animal sanctuary. Yes, that's wow. Right, it, 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 they're pretty I, close to I, each other. I, I know. I know. MCAT made a joke about this last week, but it, it really is a Capulets and Montagues uh, situation. <laughs> we're we're talking there. about it again because I, you guys talked about it, but I didn't get to talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, frankly, you know, I, I'm. I, I have a massive ego, and I have to talk about it. The cows. Damn it. We're talking about the cows. So the cows. What are, what are, they, what are we naming these cows? We got Bessie and uh, 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 Bessie too. Bessie <laughs> squared. <laughs> Bessie squared. Come on. All right. We won't belabor this. I just want to yes. say it's very funny. That's all I want to say is this extremely funny. I, I would love. It's like a buddy comedy, like a, a wacky buddy comedy. The the slaughterhouse and the animal sanctuary. Maybe they'll end up being friends someday. <laughs> right. right. I, I don't know how. Well, so, I mean, you're, you're here. Which side are you on? Are you the animal sanctuary lady who basically probably stole those cows from, right. from the slaughterhouse? Right, right. No, I mean, uh, I mean it's... Or are it's, you pro-slaughterhouse? It's, it's essentially like the like plot to the Fantastic Mr. Fox, except they're sneaking cows out instead of chickens. Yeah, right. I mean, they're at the sanctuary now. Yeah. What is sanctuary, you mm-hmm. know? It is sanctuary. It's right, sanctuary. Yeah, I, I've seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Now, now we all on this podcast right now. We love we love having our burgers, right? Hell yeah, pimp. But but you know what? I'm not like a a property guy. If they made it to the sanctuary, props to those cows. They made it. to Save the, the cows. Well, uh, uh, if the cows of their own volition made it to the sanctuary, yes. Save the cows. If this person stole the cows, well, what if she just let them along and they willingly went with her? <laughs> right. She she just left a trail of cow brains, and now these have, these are mad cows. <laughs> Oh, now we got a whole other problem. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Uh. Uh, well, that's it uh, for this week at the Square. But a couple big housekeeping notes for you lovely people. So we had planned to do a kickball game um, with our friends, with our listeners. Uh, we tried it. We tried to book it. And we, and we ran- did. And, and we did. And we went into, got a little snafu. Yeah. Yeah. We, we ran headlong into the bureaucratic... Yellow, yeah. red tape. We tried um, with all our hearts. Right. Yeah, apparently you cannot actually have a kickball game on a softball diamond, right, Jim? Yeah, that, that's what I was told by the city. 
And so we could listen. We could just do it this, in a. This random- is Joe Biden's America. <laughs> Joe Brandon. <laughs> he did that. Right. He did that. Um, we listen. We could have like done it in a random fucking field somewhere, but you know we're gonna sell tickets. We're gonna have an event. We don't want it to be shoddy. We want it to be above board. Mm. So we decided to table it till maybe next year, maybe another time where we can maybe uh, get our friends on the common council. We can harass them into changing the laws mm-hmm. about softball diamond, the, the kickball amendment. Right. Yes. So we're working on it. Uh, but the good news is that we're still gonna meet up. We're still gonna get together. It won't be a whole big production with tickets. Uh, it's going to be more impromptu, but we are going to get together to celebrate one Diamond Jim's uh, birthday mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, this was the thirteenth. The thirteenth is when we're going to meet. We're, we're going to celebrate it. Yep, same yep. day as the kickball game. Yep, uh, eight p.m. at the Dalmatia Hotel on Tonawanda Street. Like, now tell me more about the Dalmatia Hotel. They've got like fifty different wing flavors, right? Uh, like fifty-three, actually. Yeah. So I wish you wouldn't lie. Oh, <laughs> sorry for being dishonest, uh, square listeners. Uh, no, yeah, no, they, they uh, it's it's a great little like they got they have good wings. Uh, from what I've been told, I've never had the wings there. Maybe I'll have them Saturday. Um, they've got like a retro feeling there. Uh, it is a, a nice little spot. Um, they've got a nice little smokers patio for me and the and Ernest and the kids from Canisius. Please only show up if you're cool. Um, we did have. 8, I mean, p- 8 p.m. We told people 8, to, to show up. They close at 11. So, like, if you want really want to go out on, like, Allen afterwards, there's going to be plenty of time for you to do that. You're not going to be stuck on Tonawana Street for the rest of your night. Right, right. So, please if, be chill. Only chill people show up. You know, we and, and we have faith in you, listener, because we had our Christmas party. We had a great time with uh, some of the most badass, mm-hmm. just awesome down-to-earth people. So, I hope we continue that trend with our, our next meetup and gathering here over the summer to celebrate Diamond Jim's birthday. So, ex- and we're going to start planning that Christmas party right now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We'll talk more about that as we get a little bit more in the uh, the holly jolly season. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we're still in the summertime. The humidity is through the roof. So we're going we're gonna to have a nice little summer party for you. The other thing, Rye Guy, talk to us about the Patreon and some changes we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, so we got our three brains together, and we decided we're, we're putting this whole thing behind a paywall. Three brains, three brain cells. That's right. So, no, just kidding. No, we are going to expand what we're doing. Uh, the stuff we're doing now, the news of the week, the interviews with local politicians and important people, that'll remain free. Um, but, uh, we are going to add additional stuff behind the paywall. Some of the ideas, what were some of the ideas you had, Ree? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, we, uh, our bread and butter around here is, is the political stuff. Um, our podcast, the free, you know, week to week is, uh, primarily focused on the local politics, Western mm-hmm. New York, Buffalo and the surrounding areas. Um, believe it or not, we have political thoughts just beyond uh, the, you know, 716, Jim and I are both one-time political science majors, the most useless science there could be. It's the sweetest science that's not boxing. Uh, yes, yes. So we, we have a lot of thoughts yeah. about uh, national... I did, I did computer science. I don't know if that's any better. Uh, much better. Much know. more useful. Uh, I don't know. So Jim and I have thoughts about, you know, politics beyond our, our little uh, domain here. Um, so we'd love to just kind of chop it up, talk about that. We like movies. We like uh, books, not books that you read. I mean, I'm talking like mm-hmm. picture books, um, but we like video games. We like mm-hmm. uh, TV shows. We are, you know, we're, we're people. We like stuff, and we think you like stuff, too. Maybe we'll get into true crime. Maybe Jim will go further into with the dreams that he has. Sure, right. Sure. 
And we'll get a psychoanalyst on and talk through them or something. I don't know. Right. So we would like to, you know, explore the our interests and um, put it behind it. <laughs> if you like us and you like hearing the stuff that we talk about, you might want to hear us talk about other stuff that we like. And you might want to pay money for it. And if so, I hope you do. Because I would be happy to... Uh, to really kind of sink my teeth into, I'm not sinking my teeth into too much nowadays, but I, I would like to see, sink my teeth into different things and hope you guys like it. Yeah, I'll just do a uh, like a 27 part segment on uh, Disco Elysium and why it's the best video game ever. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so to do all this, we're going to need to move our um, podcast host from SoundCloud to Acast. It should be seamless to all you listeners, um, but if there's not, there might be some issues along the way. I'd be happy to help you through that if you're listening through like a third party like Apple or Google, what have you. Um, but it, uh, from what I understand, it should be a seamless process, and I will be, in the weeks uh, coming up, I will be transferring that over, and I will post on Twitter and social media when that does happen. But I just wanted to give you all a heads up and, uh, and talk about the other stuff we're doing. Um, you know, it's going to be ad hoc. There's not going to be a schedule for this, but it will be Patreon exclusive. Yeah, I suppose we can try to do it. I mean, you know, we'll have the, the main episode out every week and then we'll mm-hmm. and we could we could probably shoot for once we once we get it up and running. Yeah, uh, sure. Probably mm-hmm. like do a recording session where we do. But again, just to repeat, you know, the stuff that we do now will remain free to the public. Right. Well, yeah, we'll keep this stuff free to you because somebody has to read the news. Somebody has to yes, sort of pay right. attention to the news and talk to you about it. Right. Um, we will always uh, uh, hold up our end of the bargain on that. But for the other stuff, you got to pay. You got to get those greenbacks. Right. Just just like American doll hairs. Ju- just like the uh, the people who work at Wendy's, we have a servant's heart. Yes, that's right. And if you have a servant's wallet and you want to give us money, again, subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon, mm-hmm. the square podcast you give us the money that pays for our beers pays for the beers for the guests pays for the food for the guests pays for us to uh frankly do this and want to have a good time talking to you the listener right, right. so if you control local ida reach out right <laughs> they're just throwing away money out there okay throw away some of your money to us right yeah we could build a visitor center on grand island easy, easy. i can build a boat that won't fit under a bridge <laughs> of course right. i can sink a boat in the in buffalo harbor <laughs> And always, as always, um, you know, we, we don't always do this, but because you're listening to us, you know where to listen to us. But if you want to tell your friends where to listen to us, tell them they can be they can find the Square Podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google, on Stitcher, on uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, right. all that. We us in the SoundCloud rappers, you know, mm-hmm. we're we're there. Yep. Um, not for long on SoundCloud, based on what I just said. Right, right. But for now, moving on over SoundCloud, to Acast. Yes. Moving over to Acast, but you can find us in a variety of places. So if you like it and you want to tell your friends, uh, listen to these weirdos talk about local politics, um, you know, you know who to tell them. Right, you know where to find us. So you can find me on Twitter at James Tamel. You can also find me on Instagram at Battle Gym of the Republic. I'm not very active on Instagram, so force me to do more. Yeah, no. yeah, I was at one point. I'm not on Instagram much anymore. No, it's, I, I, although I do have one of my favorite jokes ever made on Instagram. Oh, look through my history and see if you can figure out which one it is. I'm at the real Ryan Steele on Twitter. I uh, 
I despise most social media nowadays. I mean, follow us on the Square Podcast Twitter. We should get a Square Podcast TikTok. I don't even know what we post, but... That's on you. I'm not getting into it. I love... T- Dude, TikTok is like the, the I, best I'm, social I'm media. I'm fine with it. I'm just... that's I can't do any more. TikTok is my favorite social media. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my favorite social media is Reddit. So post in the, in the Buffalo subreddit something inane, and then I'll probably complain to these guys about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Uh, have a good one. Until next time, see you at the party. Just let you walk away Just let you leave without a trace